some guys uh, messed their pants. Uh, but what, what grade the film? Mental errors. Yeah, we were we had some guys just uh, crap their pants today in pants. Yeah. No messing in our pants. Yes. Welcome back to a few extra bucks. Your Buccaneer podcast here on PeterPowers.com. Boy, football has arrived. It's training camp, and Bruce Arians is refreshing. Some great comments from him. Very candid comments. We'll talk about him in just a second. Let me bring in my partners, Justin Thomas. Uh, you cut that sound. Uh, Bruce Arians not holding back off the bat. I love Bruce Arians. He's great, man. He's got the best lines. And Roy Cummings, you were you have perfect attendance over the weekend at training camp. Can't wait to get your takes. But uh, you know, I don't know what Bruce Arians, I don't know what kind of success he's going to have this year. But I do know it's not going to be boring, partner. No, it's not. And we got a, a good glimpse of it, uh, you know, over the weekend where he says what's on his mind. Now, look, I, I think he's going to massage some some things at times. And uh, you know, when we see some things that we don't necessarily like, he's probably not going to just jump on it all the time. But you know, I think when he sees something that he doesn't like, he's going to come right out and tell you. And, man, the, the line about he started off nice, you know, saying, well, we, some, some of the guys messed their pants a little bit. And then he came out right and came right out and said it. some of those offensive linemen just crapped their pants. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. The, the, the only bad thing about that is, is my guess is that, you know, come the regular season or maybe even sooner, this team goes on the road. Wouldn't be surprised at all to see somebody show up at a Bucks game with some pampers on a stick or something like that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, because that that I, if it hasn't happened already, I can see that uh, that comment going viral, man. Because that, that's the goods right there. Or some bootleg T-shirts outside Ray J with the diapers. I love the diaper image. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, offensive linemen in diapers or something like that because. Uh, you know, maybe uh, adult diapers. Because let's face it, I mean, you don't hear coaches say that kind of stuff too much. At least we're not used to hearing that. Maybe we, maybe it's time to get used to it. I, don't, I won't have a hard time doing that, and I don't think the fans will either. Well, Bruce Arians has the cachet. That, I mean, Lovey had a little cachet, but Dirk didn't, and uh, Shiano didn't, and Lord knows Raheem didn't. And uh, so, you know, he's got a little cachet, so he can, he can say some of that stuff. But, but uh, you know, let's face it, there's been a lot of crapping of the pants in the last decade plus for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But so far, you know, I, I know people have to tweet stuff, and I get it. Uh, you have to keep up. But I, and I, I hate to get too carried away in training camp if a guy makes a great catch or a good throw. Or You know, here's my, here's my one takeaway. You know, you and I were practice uh, last week, uh, the first day, and Jameis Winston looked horrible, horrible. But I don't want to get too carried away, but the headline of the Tampa Bay Times the next day is that it was a nice start. I'm not sure how you you uh, spin that either. I mean, you know, it's so early. I think my, my main takeaway in the first question here, Roy, is don't get too high or too low right now. No, and don't especially don't get too high or too low one practice to the next. Um, look, I, you know, I've been at this for for a long time now, twenty plus years, watching training camp practices and trying to read things into them. You can't do it. We won't really know what this team is like until we're three, maybe four games into the regular season. We're not going to know it at a training training camp scrimmage. We're not going to know it by watching a preseason game, even for the you know the, the the dozen or so snaps that the first team is out there for. We're not going to know it by the the, the full, full results of the preseason. We are not going to know what this team is really like until we get about three, four games into the regular season. 
And the reason I say that is, again, look at, look at last year. They got off to a real nice start. It looked like things were going in the right direction, and then it didn't take long for things to just completely spiral downward. So um, don't get too worked up when you see you know, tweets or comments coming out of training camp workouts about how you know, James Winston looked great today, or he looked terrible today, or Ronald Jones had a breakaway run today, or you know, he got hit three times behind the line of scrimmage, or the old line got beat up by the D line, or or whatever. Um, you know, sir, you want to be encouraged, but just and it's important. All those things are important, but at the end of the day, don't don't take them as gospel because it's day to day, and you can have a good day just like anybody at work, anybody at home, anybody doing anything. One day you can be really good at it. The next day, maybe it, it doesn't work out so well. So uh, don't get too worked up with the day-to-day and moment-to-moment reports out of training camp. Uh, we're not going to know what anything is really really is until we get going and we see some live fire. Did you almost have a uh, Freudian Aryan slip and call it training crap for a second there? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, crap in your pants, I guess, is on my mind maybe. <laughs> Let's talk about what you saw in the first weekend of Camp Arians uh, Part 1. Anything, you know, and I don't want to be a hypocrite because we're not wanting to get too high or too low, but, you know, what did you kind of take away from the first weekend of training camp? Well, you'll notice what I just said is don't get too worked up on, on moment-to-moment, day-to-day reports of what, you, what you're seeing at camp. If you start to see some consistencies, though, well, then you can probably say that, okay, maybe this is an issue or maybe, maybe this is really a good thing. Um, you know, for example, look, you and I both believe that Jameis Winston, and I don't know anybody who can look in the mirror and be honest with themselves, could look at what Jameis Winston did on day one and say that was good. I, I think he must have thrown at least a dozen interceptions. Um, he looked terrible. He was throwing the ball well, uh, just not to the right people. But he came back on Saturday and came back on Sunday, and I thought he looked special. I really thought he looked good. Now, what have I seen so far that I'm excited about? speed on defense. This is something that showed up a little bit when they were in shorts, but it really showed up uh, when they put on the pads for the first time and, and through this week, through today. They look good in on defense, and the speed coming off the front seven uh, really looks good. And what makes them look so good is the fact that blitzes are coming from everywhere. I mean, we saw corner blitzes, safety blitzes, you, you, Levante David – is spending a lot of time in the backfield, Mike. It was really exciting to see him not hanging back 7, 12, 14 yards in the secondary, but actually in the backfield uh, taking uh, runners down. Uh, so, so that's the thing that I saw that I liked the most. What have I seen so far that I like the least? Well, in order for the defense to be that dominant, something's not going well offensively up front. And the thing I've seen consistently is, much like Bruce Arian said, the offensive line kind of uh, not playing to the level it needs to play at. Uh, now, look, that kind of that's kind of normal um, for for training camp. It, it kind of goes that way, where the uh, the old lines kind of got to get a little bit used to it, like get get accustomed to the speed. Uh, it's much easier for the D-line to just, you know, pin its ears back and go. Uh, the D, the O-line's got a little bit more um, orchestration that's got to go on. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I haven't been too impressed with the play of the O-line. 
Um, but boy, oh boy, the D line sure looks good. And, and I think it's an indication, to be honest, I really do. I think this three four scheme with the with the speed they have uh, has the opportunity here to to really do something uh, different. Uh, and I think they can do it against a, a variety of po- of opponents because it's going to be hard to tell where these blitzes are coming from. Uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna take a a real sharp quarterback. And there's a few of them in this division, obviously, but it's going to take a real sharp quarterback to figure things out uh, and, and avoid uh, plays getting blown up the way this D has looked, this D front has looked uh, through the first three days of camp. Boy, I'd like to have Quan Alexander and Kendall Beckwith, the healthy uh, addition of both those guys yeah. and the style they're playing. That'd be a little more entertaining, too. You know, it's funny. We don't rehearse this podcast, but one of the uh, sound bites that we picked from Bruce Arians' press conference talked about what Roy Cummings just talked about, speed on defense. He was asked about that. Here's what the head coach had to say. That's what we built this defense on, and, and when we have it, you know, it's right across the board. They can all run. Uh, they're they're high-motor guys, and um, – we're going to have a lot of fun on defense. I'm hearing a lot of chirping from the defense, uh, especially in the secondary. A lot of the young guys talking about uh, really wanting to win each and every day. You know you know how it is. Uh, social media, long off season. They heard things about how bad that defense was a year ago. It seems like a little, little chip on their shoulder coming back. For well, this I think there's a chip on their shoulder, number one. I think, they're a little, I think they know that they're better than what they showed a year ago, at least the guys yeah. who were still around from last year. Guys, again – like Levante David, maybe even Carl Nassib, some of those guys. But I think there's a there's a new energy with the defense, and I think it stems from the fact that this is going to be an attacking defense. They are the front seven for sure, and 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 the occasional cornerback and safety, by the way, are going to attack the line of scrimmage. As a football player, you love to hear that. That that gives you uh, you know uh, a little bit of a boost because you're thinking, hey man. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be looking for the ball carrier. I'm going to attack somebody. I'm going to take somebody down. I'm going to be playing good, hard football. Uh, it's different than what we've seen of late with the Bucks, which is a different scheme where it's kind of like sit back eight, seven, eight yards, let a guy catch the ball, and just don't let big plays happen. Um, this team may end up giving up some more big plays than we're accustomed to seeing, although I think we've become accustomed to seeing them giving up a lot of big plays. But the difference is uh, you give up big plays when you take chances, but I think this is going to be a defense that takes chances. It's going to take advantage of its speed and its athleticism, and that, again, as Bruce Arian said, uh, is what this defense is built on. It's built on speed, athleticism, and attacking uh, the line of scrimmage, and I think that, and attacking the ball carrier uh, or the quarterback, and I think that's what's got this defense energized and why it's probably playing at the level it is right now. Um, at least, uh, again, in camp, because I think they're just all excited about what's different and, and the fact that they're going after people instead of waiting for them to come to them. What's your gut on Jason Pierre-Paul? When do you think JPP's coming back? I mean, it's really anybody's guess right now. Yeah, Bruce Arians said uh, the doctors say October, so look for October. Uh, to me, that means November. Um, yeah. You know, The first thing I think you can probably guess or start – before anybody makes a guess, rather, is – Let's see when he's been cleared to begin football activities. And then you can start to, you know, gauge when, when do you think he's going to have a chance to, uh, to, to get on the field and, pl- and play. And that's barring setbacks. So my feeling is I think he's got a chance to play because I think he wants to play a lot. 
And my guess is that you're looking at probably late October, early to mid-November, and he'll probably go out there. But again, how effective is he going to be? That's hard to know. Boy, that is the last thing this football team needed besides maybe Jameis Winston going down, is Jason Pierre-Paul, who was such a highlight for this team a year ago defensively. All right, we're talking defense. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Ronald Jones, such a pivotal part of this football team, if he can step up. I mean, he'd be such a you know one-two punch with Peyton Barber, a nice compliment to him, and that's exactly what they envisioned when they drafted him a year ago. Here's what Bruce Arians had to say, because – if you read all the social media and you watch practice, it's been kind of an up-and-down ride and only the first uh, four days of practice for Rojo. Here's what Arians had to say. I'd like for him to have more opportunities. He, the two he had opportunities, he busted, you know, and uh, I, he dropped an easy touchdown just squeezing it too hard. But he, he's pressing on a little bit because he really wants to be good, so I like that. Arians honest and trying to be complimentary at the same time. I had a one-on-one with Ronald Jones we're going to have in just a second. You can also check it out uh, visually on our uh, weekly video updates we have here on pewterpirates.com. Roy and I break down the hot topics. and We also get you a nice pivotal player every week we go one-on-one with. So we give you kind of the kind of content you're not going to have in any other website in terms of video content and podcast, the whole compliment here. But, you know, I, I thought, you know, he kind of massaged Ronald Jones a little bit, called him out, but yet trying to kind of build his confidence there too. Well, what he was saying about, uh, it was interesting, the whole comment about the linemen crap in their pants came in response to questions about Ronald Jones. It, it was kind of an extension of that answer that we just heard because uh, he was asked about Ronald Jones, and, and what he said was, I'd like to see him get a few more opportunities. Um, what he basically was saying, he was calling out the offensive line, saying that you know these guys got to give him a hole. Look, this is a guy who is a – you know, there are different kinds of running backs in the NFL. Some guys can make their own yards. They're really good making yards after contact, meaning yards after they've been touched at the line of scrimmage or behind the line or, you know, you know three yards beyond the line, that kind of thing. Uh, they can power their way – uh, for extra yards after contact. That's not Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones needs a hole and an opportunity to get to the second level and turn on the boosters. Uh, he's a home run hitter. That's what we saw a couple of times yesterday. We just didn't see much of it, again, because the offensive line, in essence, crapped their pants. And uh, it's become the theme of this uh, podcast as well as uh, training camp so far. But um, that's kind of what he's referring to. If the offensive line gives Ronald Jones an opportunity – I think he can make, be an. I think he can be an impact player. I still believe in Ronald Jones. I, I know a lot of people are laughing at him. They're, they they chortle when they when his name is mentioned. Uh, you know they, they they laugh and and everything. All based on the fact that you know this kid had a, a miserable uh, rookie season. And, and gee, I don't know. Since when is it the norm that people go out and play at a Pro Bowl caliber in their rookie season? Doesn't happen, guys. More people play like Ronald Jones than they do like rookies of the year. Because when you look at it at the end of the, uh, of the season, you usually got about three players that are in the race for rookie of the year. And one of them is probably way ahead of the other two. So um, Ronald Jones and his season as a rookie last year was more the norm than it is uh, the anomaly. And uh, I just think, you know, he needs a little bit of, uh, he needs a little help from his offensive line. Uh, and then beyond that, a little help from some wide receivers and tight ends uh, on the second level in order to be what the Bucks need him to be. So I think he's got a chance to, to be something uh, special. Uh, he just needs a little bit of help. And uh, I think we've seen 
this week already through, through training camp, a couple of practices here uh, in pads, that he does have that ability to, uh, to break it and break it for long gains if he can just get past the line of scrimmage. We should have uh, talked about this beforehand. This crap, their pants motif has taken on a life of its own. Every time we should set it, we should have had Justin Thomas do like a bell, like a crap, their pants meter. <laughs> and we go back and do that. No, we can't do that. Um, you know, when you talk about Ronald Jones, you know, a lot of rookies struggle. Uh, you mentioned that. But a lot of rookies who struggle kind of hide from the media. They don't answer the questions. What I like about Ronald Jones is every time I've approached him, uh, dating back to last year and, of course, uh, in this interview we have coming up here, he uh, hasn't hid from any of the criticism. He's accepted it and knows he has to get better. Here are portions of my one-on-one with Ronald Jones. You can see the full interview on our video recap on pewterpirates.com. But here were kind of the highlights of my one-on-one with Ronald Jones after the first couple of days of camp. I know it was a tough rookie year at times, but how, how much of a difference does a year make for you? Uh, I think a difference a year makes a, a lot of difference for me, uh, especially you know after last season, you know, I had to put in the work off season to, to you know to prove everybody you know that I'm really what I'm the player I'm supposed to be. So to be back and be out here, you know, finally getting an opportunity feels good. What was the biggest obstacle for you in your rookie season? If you look back, uh, I'd probably say the biggest obstacle was probably adjusting to the NFL life, the speed of the game, just the playbook, just the commitment and dedication you got to put in, you know, day in and day out. You can't take shortcuts. So uh, just watching the older guys hanging around them, you know, I'm trying to find my own. Do you have a chip on your shoulder or is it just confidence that you've done it before you've done it in college on a big stage? Or what's your mindset entering this camp now? I say a little bit of both. You know, I I still got to prove myself, you know, prove my value in this league. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. Last question I have. Bruce Arians kind of brings a little different demeanor as a head coach. No music at practice. How has practice been and how do you like playing for a coach who is really committed to the running game? Yeah, I definitely like playing for a coach who's committed to the running game. You know, back in college, I was, you know, fed the ball a lot. So. Uh, you know, getting back to that old school type of football and my kind of stuff. So. That's what we try to give you here on PeterPirates.com and our podcast, A Few Extra Bucks. So really take inside the mind of pivotal players in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, my takeaway from that, it really, I agree with you, partner. You know, he's getting used to the speed of the game, but he enters year number two with a chip on his shoulder and he's trying to get his confidence back. I think, as you kind of mentioned earlier, he gets that one breakaway run, maybe a couple of them, he settles down mentally and becomes the player that we know he can be because he has the talent. I just think when you're young, when you're 21, 22, sometimes 20 years old in the NFL, man, you're young and you got a lot of pressure on you and you need to kind of settle down mentally. And I think that's what Ronald Jones needs to do. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think it's going to be important for him to have uh, some success uh, in training camp workouts, then in the preseason. Uh, in order to be the guy that uh, that everybody expects him to be. He's going to have to have that success. I'll tell you one thing, though. He's determined. Uh, you know, I talked to him again uh, the other day after you and I, after you talked to him, Mike, and, and um, uh, talked talk to him a couple days later, and, and he is absolutely determined to prove that he was, uh, that he's not the player, that he, he, proved, he should look what, you know, that he was last year, that he's, uh, he's worthy of the number two, uh, the second-round pick uh, that was used to get him, uh, that he's worthy of a roster spot, worthy of uh, regular carries in this offense. He is absolutely determined. I mean, he's put on uh, weight, um, muscle. He knows that he, he has to have stronger leg power to break through tackles and things like that. Um, he talked to a lot of people in the offseason about you know, how to bounce back from this kind of a rookie disappointment. Um, he's determined, man, and, and I, I think – 
I, I just think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I may be wrong, and if I am, I'll admit it uh, 14, 15 weeks into the season. But right now, uh, I, I just think he's got – I know he's got the ability. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to break out, and I think people are going to be surprised. Before we get to our highly entertaining final segment, you said on our video wrap on PeterPirates.com, you think Rojo has the ability to get maybe 800 yards for this team on the ground this year? Well, I think he can. Um, look, again, look, this is a guy, he's a different kind of player than Peyton Barber, who's going to probably be the, the primary back. Uh, Bruce Arians likes guys who can pound it, get yards on their own. That's what Peyton Barber does. Uh, but you need a, a guy as well who can uh, change, give you a change of pace. When that defense is, t- is tired, worn out from trying to stop guys who can gain extra yards, you need somebody who can just get through a hole quickly and take it to the next level and run past everybody else. That's what Ronald Jones does. Again, cannot emphasize enough how important it is for a runner like Ronald Jones to have the opening to get through to the second level. And if he gets that opening, he's going to have – He's going to make some impact plays for this team. And I think the more impact plays he makes, you know, the sooner he does it, the more opportunities he's going to get. I think there's going to be all, almost a 50-50 uh, uh, sharing of the, of the carries here between these two. Uh, because, if you know, uh, if one isn't going that well, I think they're going to lean on the other. Um, I, I think they like the fact that they've got kind of, kind of a thunder and lightning type uh, setup here. We'll see if it works out that way. But uh, I think they're both going to get a lot of opportunities. And look, the Bucks are going to run the ball. Bruce Arians has said it. They absolutely need to be a, a run-first team in order to uh, set up those play-action passes down the field. Um, they're going to pound it, man. They're going to, and or they're going to lose trying. Well, Ronald Jones is excited about that, as you heard in our one-on-one interview with him. You know what? We covered offense. We covered defense. The kickers look really good, but you know what? It's way too early to give you a kicking update. Let's have those guys do it in the games. Right now, Justin, you know what time it is. More likely, baby, three hypotheticals. Roy, do you agree too early for a kicking update? I mean, they look good so far, but let, let's let's give it – let's let, let, let a couple weeks breathe into camp here. I agree to a point. The only difference is back when Roberto Aguayo – Roberto Aguayo <laughs> missed from day one. Did uh, he really? Roberto Aguayo was, was wide right and wide uh, left all day, uh, every day from day one. The fact that uh, – Did he crap his pants from day one? Oh, he, he did. He <laughs> crapped his pants. But the, And the fact that – Matt Gay came out on his first big day and hit 10 for 10, including a 52 and 57 yarder. Uh, that's newsworthy. And the fact that Cairo Santos came out the next day and said, yeah, pal, how about this? And did the same thing, nice. including finishing with a 52 and 57 yarder tells you that, you know what, too soon, too soon to come out and say it, but maybe just maybe the Bucks have solved that kicking problem. We'll see. Oh, the Matt Bryant hex could be over. All right, more likely we mentioned three hypotheticals. We talked about Rojo, Ronald Jones. We're going to bring back producer Justin Thomas. We always let him go first because he cheats off Roy's paper all the time. Um, more likely, guys, who is more important to the Bucks' success? Who do they need more to be successful, Ronald Jones or Noah Spence? I'm going first. Yes. I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. Uh, you all said it earlier in the podcast, but Bruce Arians loves using the run game to have everything else develop behind that. 
And uh, I think he also needs to prove himself this year after a disappointing rookie season. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Ronald Jones. That would be huge for the offense. Uh, Roy Cummings, we talked about JPP not being around maybe till November. I know the defense has a lot of speed, but, boy, they need a lot of pressure on the quarterback, especially with JPP out. Who do the Bucks need more to step up this season, Ronald Jones or Noah Spence? I'm going to agree with Justin on this one. I'm, I'm going to cheat off of his paper, and I'm going to say Ronald Jones, and, and for some of the same reasons, obviously. As I said before, uh, Bruce Arians uh, – you know, you need to have a dominant running game in the NFL in the, these days in order to uh, really be successful. And the Bucks are going to lean on that running game a lot. They they need to do it. Look, uh, Peyton Barber can wear some teams out over time, but it's going to take three-plus quarters for him to do it, I think. He's not that powerful a back that, he, you know, he's not one of those guys that you say, oh, my God, here he comes again. Um, you know, he gets he's, he's decent in yards after contact. They need somebody who can, who can break one off at the run, you know, break one off in the running game for him, and that's what Ronald Jones can do. I, I think he's the more important player. Yeah, I went one on one with Vita Vea recently too. We're going to have that in our video wrap uh, next week on PeterPirates.com. He's a whole different guy than a year ago. And Dama Kinsu is here, but boy, JPP is such a huge, huge loss. It would be great for Noah Spence to step it up. I, you know, I feel like the common ground here. Both these guys are second round picks. This is why the Bucks are kind of in this predicament because they're not getting what they should get out of these high draft picks. Noah Spence and, and Rojo. I know it's only his second year. But I have to agree with you. And, you know, Jameis Winston really hasn't had a running game. He had a little Doug Martin, but he hasn't had that consistent running game. And I think that has hurt him along with the inconsistencies at offensive line. If Jameis Winston can get the running game consistently, uh, he'll be a better quarterback. And that's why I say Ronald Jones as well. All right, more likely number two, Justin, you go first. Who do we more likely want to zip it and just basically go away and be quiet for a while more? Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Or Odell Beckham. Jalen Ramsey pulls up, and the guy's a great player, but just never shuts up. And comes out of the uh, the armored vehicle, you know, wants to get paid this season. You know, I give him creative points, but, you know, he just never shuts up. And then you got Odell Beckham just talking about, I don't get respect. You know, Odell, you get a ton of respect. You just need to grow the hell up. Uh, I'm not going to get on my ticket just a second, but, but Justin Thomas, who needs to zip it more, Jalen Ramsey or Odell Beckham? I thought you were going to break into a – uh, Ronnie Dangerfield impersonation for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's the last guy that should be saying that, but anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough. I obviously, I, I've always liked Odell. He does tend to talk too much. I think sometimes he's right. Sometimes he, you know, is in the wrong when he does it. I don't know. And then you got Jalen Ramsey, like you were saying. That's a tough one. How about both of them? No, you got to pick one. I got to pick one? Yeah, that's the rule, baby. All right. I, I I could do with Odell not saying anything for a while. Okay. Roy, you going to cheat off the paper or are you going to have a mind of your own? No, I'm going to go with Jalen Ramsey in this one because <laughs> I, I don't think Jalen Ramsey has the – I just don't think he's got the resume to, to back up what he's saying. I, look, I, I agree he's a hell of a player. Uh, top-level cornerback. But, you know, you're also playing for a team that, you know, kind of caught lightning in a bottle a couple years ago and played tremendously, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, but then kind of fell back down to earth last year. You know, if you you put two of those kind of seasons together and you go to the playoffs two years in a row, 
okay, maybe you got a little bit of room to to run your mouth a little bit. But uh, you know what? Just you're in Jacksonville, man. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that's about the only way anybody's going to take notice of Jacksonville is if somebody's popping off there. But I'm not a fan of it, so I'm going to say Jalen Ramsey in this one. A Jacksonville dagger from Roy Cummings. And, you know, the people in Jacksonville could say, hey, Tampa, how many times have you been in the playoffs? You know, we, at least we have one. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm with you, though. I, I will disagree with you guys on this, though. I, I wish Odell Beckham, you know, I think he's a hell of a player. Um, and he had everything going for him. I mean, he went to a market that was perfect. I mean, he went to New York. He was basking in that. He was making the splash plays. And, um, you know, I remember covering a game. Watching him in pregame warmups is probably akin to watching Mark McGuire take batting practice. I mean, the guy's just making catches left and right. He's an exciting player. But between attacking Nets to constantly attacking his quarterback, you know, I love Baker Mayfield. I can't wait for Baker Mayfield to grab his face mask on the sideline just tell him to shut the hell up because that's going to happen this season. I don't know if it's going to be sooner or later, but it's going to happen. But I love what uh, Eli Manning, who's always kind of calm, Yes. And they asked Eli Manning about this, and he just said kind of whatever, but then kind of throws in the parting shot, guys. Yeah. You know, I won a few games before he got here. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So I love that too. Zip it, Odell Beckham. Jalen Ramsey, at least you get creative points, and at least you're consistently good. Uh, but the, the no respect card, I get tired of that, especially from guys who get a ton of respect. All right, finally, you know, if you listen to this podcast, uh, more likely number three is always kind of a pop culture thing. And if you really listen to this podcast and we appreciate it all the way through, you know that I always get beat up by this question. Elton John beat Billy Joel. Elton John has beaten everybody in terms of if I put any other artist against Elton John. I, I voted for Billy Joel. Justin and Roy did. All right, I'm bringing a, a new contender to the table. I think Stevie Wonder was almost a tie with Elton John. Nobody's beaten Elton John yet. I'm not going to throw any Beatles because Roy's a big Beatles guy. That's not fair. But uh, Lionel Richie was in town in Tampa. I saw him in Vegas a couple years ago. I'm a big Commodores guy. You got you to remember the whole body of work, Commodores and solo stuff. Uh, more likely Lionel Richie or Elton John, Justin Thomas? Elton John. Still undefeated. Yeah. Well, actually, I think, I think Roy and I both picked Stevie Wonder when you – Oh, you did? I think so. Roy, do you didn't you pick Stevie Wonder too? Uh, as better than Elton John? Yeah, I, I might have taken. I mean, that, that's 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 hard. That's a hard call. Yeah, we both were. Um, we both. I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't argue with anybody who said who would say it. Um, I can't remember exactly where I fell on that one, but you know, thinking of it right now, I mean, I certainly can't argue. Um, I, I just might take. Stevie Wonder in that in that race, yeah. Well, All right. while that one was tough to determine, I can tell you, no hesitation, Elton John. I like a couple Lionel Richie songs, but I mean, to me, it's no competition. Wow, uh, I, I got a feeling you know, Roy always surprises me, especially <laughs> with his bachelor takes and uh, some some of the you know we go back and forth on Gerald McCoy forever. But Roy Cummings, what do you think? Uh, it's Elton John. Um, <laughs> sure. uh, look, I, I, I'm, uh, I like Lionel Richie. He did some good work in the 80s. Good for him. Um, you know, but uh, no, he's not Elton John, man. He's, he's a level below. Stevie Wonder's on the same, yeah. on the same level. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Lionel Richie's a level below Elton John. All right, let me throw this at you, Roy. Gerald McCoy or Elton John? <laughs> Uh, 
If I'm looking for a guy to rush the passer, man, I'm taking McCoy every day. <laughs> All right. I, I don't hate Elton John. I just like Billy Joel and Stevie Wonder a lot more. I'm going to take Lionel Richie over Elton John, my friends. Ouch. I, I love Are you just Ouch. doing this to be contrarian? No, or? I'm not. I'm not. Because you know what? I could have been contrarian with uh, Noah Spence. I could have been contrarian with Jalen Ramsey a little bit. Um, I like Elton John. I don't love him. I love Lionel Richie. Like, I love the Commodores. I love a lot of his solo stuff. I just – I think he's 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 fantastic. So, I'm just going to say yeah. I love Lionel Richie. How about that? Okay. All right. Hey, well, you say okay. me, baby. Say it. All right, pal. I, I can't remember any of the words. Well, listen, Roy, you got anything else for me? Uh, we're we're going to keep this going throughout training camp, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, let's do it. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be fun for sure. All right. Justin Thomas, any parting shots, any parting words of wisdom here? I, I'm starting to think that Roy and I would be best friends. I ah. think so. seem to agree on almost everything. <laughs> I think Roy and I are best friends, and we agree on – I think Roy and I agree probably 70%, 80% of everything. Almost. That's true. We do. We do. You know? We mostly agree. Just have yeah. slightly different ta- taste in music, slightly different. The issue is – but here's the thing. There's no wrong answer in music, you know? Right. There's no right. – that's, that's a great that's – to me, it's always been the greatest thing about music. When somebody – when you tell somebody you like something in terms – you know, what, what kind of music style you like, they can't criticize you. It's like ice cream. You know, it's whatever you like. There's no wrong answer. I'm with you, my friend. And you know what? We need to disagree. It would be a terrible, terrible podcast. You're right about that. (laughs) So uh, I I embrace the disagreement. I embrace the agreement. And I embrace Lionel Richie over Elton John. But, guys, great job. Remember, you can um, catch us on all the platforms, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google. We're out there. Uh, we're getting more subscribers. We appreciate those, especially those who hang around for more likely all the way to the end here. But we'll with you uh, throughout training camp. We'll extend it to the regular season. But check us out on pewterpirates.com for the video updates. And uh, we'll always put our podcasts up there as well. We'll have Vita Vea next time around. But for all you Buccaneer fans who logged on, we appreciate it greatly. And we'll talk to you next week.